Today's reading is 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We are obligated to thank God for you all the time, brothers, as is fitting, because your faith is growing more and more, and your love for one another is increasing. That is why we boast among God's churches about your perseverance and faith in the face of all the persecution and affliction you are enduring. All of this is clear evidence of God's righteous judgment. And so you will be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you are suffering. After all, it is only right for God to repay with affliction those who afflict you, and to grant relief to you who are oppressed, and to us as well. This will take place when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, in blazing fire, inflicting vengeance on those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will suffer the penalty of eternal destruction, separated from the presence of the Lord and the glory of his might, on the day he comes to be glorified in his saints and regarded with wonder by all who have believed, including you who have believed our testimony. To this end, we always pray for you that our God will count you worthy of his calling and that he will powerfully fulfill your every good desire and work of faith so that the name of our Lord Jesus will be glorified in you and you in him, according to the grace of our God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is God's word. In the previous reading from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, we learned about the end of humanity as we know it. And we learned there in 1 Thessalonians 5 that most of the human race will be caught utterly unprepared when the day of the Lord comes in judgment. Here in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, Paul continued that theme. The passage began with Paul's usual greeting to the church in verses 1 through 4, and a transitional statement saying that all the ways in which the faith of the Thessalonians was growing, verses 3 and 4, was evidence that they would be included in God's kingdom. That's verse 5. At the end of verse 5, Paul noted that it is this kingdom, the kingdom of God, for which you are suffering. That phrase both indicates the circumstances the Thessalonians were facing and prepares us for the next few verses which tell us what God will do about it. According to verse 6, He will pay back trouble to those who trouble you and give relief to those of you who are troubled, and to us as well. Although all of us were once enemies of God and opponents of his kingdom, God in grace saved us from the penalty that we deserved for our sins. That salvation made us worthy of the kingdom of God, according to verse 5, but also put us on the other side of the rest of humanity, which is still at war with God and resisting Christ's kingdom. That is why believers are persecuted, both back then in Thessalonica and around the world today. Here, though, God promised that suffering would not be the fate of believers forever. Instead, God will execute justice someday in the future. That justice will give relief to his children who are suffering, but deliver judgment to those who reject him and oppose him. And when will this judgment happen? Verse 7 says it will happen when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven in blazing fire with his powerful angels. He will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. In other words, the day of the Lord, which we read about yesterday in 1 Thessalonians 5, will begin when Christ returns as described here in 2 Thessalonians 1, verses 7-10. through 
Christians debate about the timing of these events, and this is not the place to address that debate. What we should take away from 2 Thessalonians 1 is the promise that God's judgment is coming when Jesus returns. On that day, there will be justice, eternal punishment for those who do not know Christ, according to verse 9. But there will also be salvation for those of us who are in Christ. Our salvation is not based on our goodness, but it's based on the fact that Christ died in our place, taking God's punishment for sin for us. But what do we do while we wait for that day of the Lord? Verses 11 and 12 tell us, Paul prayed for these believers that God may make you worthy of his calling. That prayer was for God to form real righteousness in these believers, to match the status of righteousness that he declared them to have in Christ. That real righteousness was described in verse 11b as God bringing to fruition your every desire for goodness and your every deed prompted by faith. Like all believers, the Thessalonians wanted to grow in grace. They wanted to serve God and become like him. Paul prayed for them that until Jesus comes, they would be growing in God's grace to become godly men and women. The result of that growth is described in verse 12, that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. What Paul described in this passage is what God is doing and wants to do in the lives of every believer. That is why I teach God's word, shepherd his people, and write these devotionals. So may God continue to change us and grow us until Christ returns to finally save us. And by the way, this is how we should pray for each other too. Not that we would have health and happiness and prosperity, but that God would keep working in us to make us worthy of his calling. So, let's grow in grace today. Let's deal with the sins that beset us and determine to live this day for the glory of God. And let's pray for one another that God would bring holiness into our lives and that we would be worthy of the calling that he's given to us in Jesus Christ. I hope you have a great day. We'll see you next time.